Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation focused on relevant issues for leaders of small group ministries. Whether you are a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a lay leader or staff, we want to encourage, equip, and challenge you to thrive in your ministry context. The Small Group Network exists to inspire, inform, support, and resource one another because we are better together. Now, let's get ready for today's episode of Group Talk. Hey, welcome, Group Talk audience. Just want to invite you to the lobby gathering coming up in Southern California. Just want to let you know this is a great opportunity for you as small group point people to get together to be able to say, how can I learn from others that are doing other things that I may not know about? There's an old adage that says, you don't know what you don't know. The lobby is a great place to get learnings from others about things that you may not be tracking, things you may not even be knowing about. So at this lobby, we're going to be tackling some great issues in our together time, where we're going to be looking at church systems, where we're going to be looking specifically in the workplace environment, and how do we... uh, crack that nut to be able to figure out how we get groups into there. We're also going to be talking about some uh, higher level aspects of being able to discuss what are the trends that are seen out there across the globe in the small group ministry in the last decade that we can learn from in this current you know, trending where we're going. And then we're also going to have another uh, topic time of being able to discuss, okay, how do you franchise out what you've got. If you're into multi-sites, or even if you're not into multi-sites, you need to be able to know what is happening in your system. So look forward to having you at the lobby. Go to small group network forward slash events to learn more. Welcome back to Group Talk. We are in a two-part conversation with Bill Search, and we're talking about sticky issues. So in part one, we talked about sticky issues that show up in small groups and how to handle those. So we talked about politics, sex, non-essentials, gossip, complaining, alcohol, marijuana. So that was a nice range, Bill. Thank you for that. Oh, that was fun. (laughs) So if you missed that um, and you have any or all of these issues showing up or you're, you're a small group pastor director and you're having to manage through some of these issues, I really encourage you to go back and listen to part one if you haven't. Um, And this one will be part two of our conversation with Bill. We're talking about sticky issues for small group point leaders, um, which is mostly our listeners. Most of our listeners do manage ministry, whether they're lay leaders um, or they have staff positions. It really doesn't matter. They're responsible for overseeing the broader ministry. Um, So just a brief thing about Bill. Um, There's a much longer intro glowing on part one, but part two, suffice it to say, Bill has a ton of experience. <laughs> he's been a senior pastor. He's been in small groups world a long time. He's written books about small groups. He's about all things small groups, and he still loves small groups, and he loves community, um, and he's so practical and down-to-earth and super fun to talk with. So that's a nutshell, Bill. That's my description of you. Thank you again for giving me part two. <laughs> Hey, it's fun to be with you, and thank you for your kind and encouraging words. I appreciate that. So sweet. Okay, so five sticky issues for small group point leaders, um, and these are in no particular order either. So go for it. The first one was navigating relationship with senior pastor or your senior leadership, and how do you develop that relationship, and how do you balance it um, with the, re- the expectations that you have of the ministry itself? 
This one's near and dear to me because, as you mentioned, I have actually served as a senior pastor of a pretty good-sized church a few years back. Mm-hmm. And uh, the challenges, I always, I always thought, before I was a senior pastor, I remember with other of my colleagues saying, you know, this guy has no idea what he's doing. And, uh, and then I became the senior pastor and alone in my office, I would whisper to myself out loud, <laughs> I have no idea what oh. I'm doing. And, uh, and most senior pastors, if they're humble enough to at least admit it to themselves, will acknowledge, ah, there are times where you're in over your head and you're not sure about certain decisions that you have to make. And so um, I, I have a perspective that's probably unique among small group directors and pastors because I've been in the in the chief's seat. And uh, and so the first thing I'd say is um, in navigating the relationship is in is to be an encourager and a prayer support to your senior pastor. God's put that person in place for that time to lead yes. for that particular purpose. And so until God calls that person out or the board shows them the door, you you're there to support and encourage and help them in any way you can. The other thing is, is that that the small, the senior pastor probably has positive, generally positive thoughts about you. Um, when I was senior pastor, I pretty much thought mostly positive things about most of my <laughs> staff, and unless they gave me a reason not to. And so, they, you know, sometimes we in the associate uh, level could could can become paranoid and think, oh, that senior doesn't like me, or uh, you know, they they don't make time for me, or they don't value groups. And that, that's not true at all. Uh, it's It may be true, but it's probably not true. Well, but Most they probably the have time, a lot of stuff on their plate. So they're probably not even thinking is, about us. <laughs> this was my comparison. I have three kids. And uh, my middle daughter oftentimes likes to ask us, who do we love the most? And we always say, <laughs> we have two girls and a boy. So we always say, of course, Jack, because he's our only boy. But oh then we, they, she knows we're joking. But she'll, you know, hey, do you like me? Or do you love me more? Or do you like Megan? her sister more. And as a parent, anyone who has more than one child knows that the human heart, weirdly enough, has a way (laughs) of having a deep, deep, deep love for each of your kids. That you could have 10 kids and there won't be one that you're like, ah, I don't really like that. <laughs> uh, at least I don't think so. There, if you are, feel that way as a parent, you're a horrible parent. Um, I, I love my kids. I would do anything for my kids. And I view that in the ministries of the church is that every ministry is an important one. There is, if it's unimportant, we just didn't do it. And so children's ministry, student ministry, small groups ministry, worship arts, custodial stuff, all of it was really important. And I didn't love one kid more than another. I loved them. And so as you navigate the relationship with your senior pastor, um, love your senior pastor, pray for your senior pastor, understand your senior pastor is under way more stress than you could ever, ever imagine. Odds are, even as unhealthy as it probably is, he's probably looking at attendance trends and giving trends and trying to forecast and sure. and uh, anticipate. And if attendance trends are good, he feels great. Then he feels wicked for feeling great because things are <laughs> up, even though across the world, global Christianity is in a crisis, but his little spot of the universe is good. So he feels good. And then he feels ashamed of himself that he feels good, you know, <laughs> or it's down and so he feels horrible and rejected because things are down and trending down. And then he feels bad that he feels down because Jesus oh said goodness. things were going to be tough. Oh, You're making my head spin. It's very complicated. You, the the it, mind of a it, senior it, pastor very complicated. <laughs> it is. It's what is. It's what is. Uh, there might be some senior pastors that don't relate to that. But every senior pastor I've talked to is like, yo, 
it doesn't matter how big or small the church is, they always have those same concerns. And so um, what I would do is, as a, a small group pastor, I always try to meet or exceed the expectations that are set upon me. I try to know what is expected of me, um, have it clear in my mind what I'm supposed to do, and uh, have it clear, if, if possible, get it in writing so that um, so that you can have um, that clarity and that you can have that um, understanding of what you're supposed to do and then meet those expectations. Uh, sometimes, seen, oh, go ahead. I'm it's sorry. possible sometimes I think the senior leadership doesn't necessarily know what they want to do with small groups, especially yeah. if it's newer to them. Um, and in those situations, it seems helpful to basically vision cast your own, own senior leadership to say, hey, here's, you know, option. One thing I do um, with our senior leadership is I give options. We can mm-hmm. pursue course A, course B, or course C. This is what it lo- would look like. Uh, which course do you prefer? Because I can do any of the three options. What fits best with you? What are you liking? And how can I serve you in that? Um, so then there's, they have some control um, and they get to see, and they, and all three options I'm good with. I'm, I'm not like, you know, faking this. It, it, I'm really okay with it. They just all have slightly different benefits and cost analysis. So um, I try to come up with options and this is kind of works well with our executive pastor. And then he gets to pick, oh, tell me more about this one. Then we spin it out and then we pick one. And then he's part of the conversation. Um, and then there's no surprises. There's clarity as you spoke of. Um, and it, things kind of roll along. And I think that it makes things smoother. That's brilliant. I love that because that wow. then what it what it is is brilliant. I'm writing that down. I go, that's, that is, and here's why that really works is so often the senior pastor or senior staff comes to you and says, uh, "Gee whiz, uh, we want you to do X Y Z," and you go, "Can't be done. I can't." Oh yeah, no. Then you might as well just go out the door if that's the case. But but if if you were to say, "Okay, to achieve that goal, yes. uh, here are three options forward that would help us achieve that goal." Then they have buy-in, but it also presents to them the challenge because if they're asking you, for instance, to move from 50% of your attendance in groups to 75% just by tweaking your schedule, uh, you, you, your first reaction would be like, are you kidding me? If, we, if, if I could do that, I would have already done that. Yes. And so I can't do that given the current situation and climate. But, okay, you want to get 75%? Here are three options to do it. So I like that. That's good stuff. Yeah. So, okay. So in terms of building uh, relationships, though, I think bottom line, you that is probably the most important relationship you're going to cultivate. Um, it is. And it's it's important to build trust. And I think um, I've heard you say this before, and I remember laughing when you said it at, at you know previous time where you said, show up for work, show up on time, do your yes. job, and do it well. Oh. And be there. trust. And I was yes. like, that's so basic, Bill. And you were going, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I am shocked at how many people view the office arrangement as optional. And uh, I, maybe it's because I'm old school. My dad was a factory worker. You showed up, you clocked in, you clocked out. If, if I am meeting with somebody, I make sure off campus, I make sure people around know where I'm at. I will. I have a whiteboard that's attached to my door, and it'll say, I am at such and such. I will be back. Here's my schedule. I make sure I will actually check in with the senior pastor's uh, secretary or administrative assistant just to say, hey, I'm going to be gone just in case uh, he needs something. That way uh, he knows I take this seriously because he's working and, and I'm going to trust that everybody listening here works hard. It's the appearance also yes. that backs up. I'm working hard, and I want you to see I'm working hard. Yes. That's a good thing. Well, it builds so, trust. 
Mm-hmm. All right, number well, that, two. You, yeah, number two is connected to number one, which is responding to the method of the month club. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and oftentimes what we're doing, we do this happens in two ways. Either our senior pastor meets another senior pastor who says, oh, you know what the solution <laughs> to your small groups ministry is, is X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, my word. Or they, or you go away to the conference and you end up hearing some sure. inspirational speaker sure. who tells you that all your problems will be solved if you read his book and buy his consultancy and enter <laughs> his enter his uh, uh, conference calls. And then you'll have a hundred and million people in whatever it is. And, you know, so what happens is either it's um, self uh, we self-inflicted wounds sure. or wounds that others inflict upon us. Sure. But there are so many different methods that constantly come out. You know, I just think of the 20 years I've been doing this, it went from just small group Bible studies that meant in homes right, to, right. you know, uh, geography had to do it around geography. And then right. it was all about semesters. If you don't do it by semesters, right. then, then you're making G- you Yeah. It's affinity. It's all about affinity. If you don't do it by affinity, people hate you. You oh, know, missional, and, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, missional. No one knew what that meant, but it sold some books, and there were plenty of people that tell you how to do that. But all this to say is, so you have to be careful, first of all, uh, and show self-restraint and self-discipline. good friend of mine, he went to one of these, as you mentioned, a missional type of um, uh, conferences, and he came back, and he was part of a heritage church, and he was like, oh, we're going to do this. And I said, you better just get your resume in order because you're done. <laughs> I did. I told him. I said, they're either going to fire you or you're going to quit. And um, it was kind of a combo, combo of the two that ended up happening to that guy. But the, the truth is, is um, we have to have restraint. Um, there is, I, I wish I could quantify how much money is wasted in the church by our inability to stick with one way of doing something. And just right. work it. And we've talked They're about the- this actually um, before, you and I, Bill, about um, Saddleback being an example. That's a great example. Yeah, because Saddle- they. Saddleback. Mm-hmm. They draw hundreds of thousands of people that want the model and they provide that. However, we both know because we know Steve and we know that uh, model so well and the small group network was founded there. Um, that it works because they work this model and they work they really work it- hard. <laughs> And they don't change much. You and know, it they, fits they their make... culture. It fits their context. It fits who they are. It fits yeah. their leadership. I mean, it, it's like a perfect example of yeah. customizing something. Um, but then if you go off to a, a conference and you think, I'm going to become the next Saddleback, um, maybe, maybe not. But it's going to have to be customized for you. You could probably work just about any system as long as you start it, work it, work it, work it, keep working it, keep working it. And you just mentioned it, Saddleback works. I, You and I both seen the wall in Steve's office yes. where <laughs> it started out with like four people in small groups and now they have like a hundred thousand or something. Yeah, something <laughs> crazy. But it was year over year working, yes. working, 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 working. And so it, the, the self-restraint Starting with this, because usually it is the small group director or pastor who comes in and screws it all up. Usually we're <laughs> the ones that do it. We come in and we go, I just read this book and this is what we should do. And our pastor's like, okay, sure, fine, go for it. And then we wonder why it's not any more effective sure. than the last one. Well, it's ineffective because we keep changing the thing. We actually have to create a culture of groups that works for our church and mm-hmm. stick with that culture. We have to think like missionaries in our church and stick 
with it and work that system. So now if your senior pastor um, wants to change the method, then that's where you you have to have that trust and that conversation with your senior pastor. And maybe that's where, as you mentioned before, you go back to your senior pastor and go, okay, you want us to change the model? I just want you to know we are changing it. We'll change it if you want to change it. That's fine. Here's three different ways we can go about doing that. Enlist Enlist him in and use use the Carolyn Takata method of, <laughs> of uh, talking to your senior pastor. Well, it's because so change, change is slow, so you can always do it yep. incrementally, so kind of slow it down. All right, so the third sticky issue for us is um, the, keeping the definition of small group simple. I Absolutely. think this one, I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me until I saw it on your notes, but it makes so much sense. There is this sense that we, now that small groups has become popular, it's almost made it worse where everything yeah. in the kitchen sink relates to discipleship, relates to outreach, connection, um, you know, uh, membership. I mean, everything seems to kind of fall into a small group bucket now. Where have you seen that as you consult yes. and teach around the country? You've noticed this? It's a massive problem is that we're doing a lot of add-on to the small groups Mm -hmm. ministry. You know, when it was just sort of like a little um, kind of marginal thing that churches were doing, nobody cared. You'd go ahead, do your thing. But now that it's become the major thing, it is being used by churches to retain visitors. It's being the primary discipleship arm of the church, the primary relationship arm, the primary service arm, the primary mission arm. And we're asking small groups to compensate for failures at the big church level too. So if the big church, for instance, is great at reaching Christians and making Christians feel good, but it hasn't, say, made a new convert in a you know, a decade, then now we're asking the small groups. The small groups will be evangelistic. Our church <laughs> has no evangelistic impulse, but the small groups, they're great at that. I read it in a book somewhere. It's a silver and bullet. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, we're asking small groups to do too much. And we're doing this all without a, without an ounce of research behind us. There mm-hmm. is, there is almost no research that's being conducted at a genuine level to determine what is effective at a small group. But the the research that's out there that is secular about how people group up is all very, uh, in fact, there's lots of it. There's about 100 years of writing and research in the social sciences around small groups and large groups and what makes them work. And basically, uh, a core, core piece is um, having clear roles and having mm-hmm. clear norms. So the social sciences say you got to have clear roles so people know what is expected of the officers within the group as well as the group members. So that has to be clear as a bell. So no, there's no guesswork there. And then you have to have norms, what people, what's expected of them in that group. And that has to be laid out. And so that comes back to simplicity because mm-hmm. if you add too much to that, right. people are like, you know what, if it has to be put on a piece of paper, I'm not going to do that. You know, if you think think about a functioning, healthy family, they probably don't have uh, uh, some long written out document that describes what they are as a, a strong, healthy family. They just operate from a set of norms and a set of identified roles right. within the family. That's what is contributing to their health. And so keeping the definition of a small group as simple as possible. Hmm. Uh, this is, and in fact, I'm working on a, a new book right now that's addressing this. And this is because what we have to do is we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is, what is a small group? What does it do at its very core? If we just boil it all down, we can add additional features to it. 
but but at its simplest, right, what right. is it? And I think we have you know, to really protect that. It's you do. It's so easy for it to creep, um, mm-hmm. and you know I, we get asked, and I hear this from um, our colleagues that why can't you just you know make them into serving groups? I mean, it's not that hard. You yeah. have all these people, you have all these yeah. bodies. Can't they all also run the you know food pantry and the homeless feeding? And can't they just do that? And by the way, can't they all serve in Sunday school together in the summer when yeah. you guys are on break? I mean, you have the people and serving is good um and i've uh, it's been really hard i'm better at it over the years but it was really hard in the beginning to go yeah those are all good things but if we're all things to all people then we're going to be useless and it's going to be nothing so the idea of this is what a small group is meant to do and yes these things are good and maybe some groups might want to take advantage of that but the more we mm -hmm. add on to it the more it takes away from the power of community that it's designed for but bill how do you how do you push back like if if you keep getting those kinds of requests from staff or leadership well the first thing i do in fact about 10 years ago a guy named alan winsman with the gallup organization wrote an excellent excellent book uh on church engagement and so they took the gallup research and superimposed it upon church and uh, what they pointed out in that book research based was that the average small group participant is one of the most engaged people already in the church That's so when someone true. says yeah. hey why why can't your small group people serve well cuz they already are a lot of them are serving <laughs> yes, in multiple places right. and by the way they're they probably tie the probably the biggest givers in the church the most regular consistent givers in the church are probably in a small group and right. by the way when it comes to missional type of activities, odds are the small group participants are already doing that. So we're asking people who are already super engaged to become more super engaged, while the people <laughs> who aren't engaged at all, we're asking them to pretty much not do anything. That's pretty convincing. And so, yeah. But I also, the other, so the first thing I do, I don't, I'm not that snarky when I talk to the leader, <laughs> of course, but, but I just say, hey, our group leaders are, just stop a group if you want me to pull them, I will, but I, there, many of them are already serving yes. very faithfully. So that's, that's, the, the, the first piece to it. But the other is, is just acknowledging what a small group is, which is a mm-hmm. reflection of the church. So my kids have my opinions. Uh, they're young enough right now that they pretty much have yeah, that'll mine change, or, but okay. or my wife's <laughs> opinions. Well, and, and, uh, but over time, if, if for instance, uh, mom or dad have a foul mouth, the kids pick up on that. Sure. If mom or dad smoke, the kids usually end up taking up the habit or drinking, whatever the habits right. are, mom and dad, they tend to show up at some point within the kid, right? And so small group is a lot like that. They, they capture the characteristics, good or bad, of the, of the big mm-hmm. church. So if the big church, if it, so this is the, going back to the conversation, someone said, oh, we want our groups to be evangelistic. I would go, how evangelistic do you feel our church is right now? Now, this, I, you have to have a trusting relationship, sure, sure. and you have to say it in a way that's not accusatory or blaming right, the right. senior pastor. But the senior pastor says, oh, or the senior leadership goes, yeah, our people just don't care that much. I think that's where we go. You know, the thing is, is our small groups are made up of people from within our church. They care about the loss the same way that pretty much mm-hmm. most people in the church do. So if, if we're trying to pick up some steam in that area, that's an all-church initiative type exactly, of thing. Exactly, yes. That is something that the leadership has to be engaged in prayer about, teaching about, movement on. Sure. That this isn't just a small group's solution. This right. is an all-church, all all-hands-on-deck, we got to figure this out together. And so that's how I would, uh, that's how I would guard advice. The, the definition there of a small group. All right, that's really good. Good word. Um, all right, the next two we're gonna rip through a little faster. That's on me, not on you, Bill. Because we okay. could probably have a podcast on each of these. Um, okay, the next one is over delivering and under promising. And talk to me about that. What, what's the sticky issue there? 
Well, you know, we're famous for saying, uh, hey, it, you, you need a friend? Well, why don't you join with a group of people and they'll be your best friends? And, and uh, you know, you're a <laughs> pagan right now? Give us two years and you'll be a missionary. And, you know, we, we say some of the most ludicrous stuff. And, and rather than do that, I think what we ought to do is tell people a little more of the truth and, and deliver as best we can on things, which is, hey, you know what? You're going to meet some other people. They're going to be great people, and you're going to come away enriched because you'll have met some new people. So, hey, join a group, and even if this group doesn't end up feeling like the closest family, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't arrange the marriages with each other's (laughs) kids, you know, even if it doesn't turn out that way, you'll still come away with some people that will be familiar faces that you can shake hands with and hug in the lobby of the church. And uh, and so deliver on what we can deliver on. So you're just expectations. yeah, our culture overpromises all the time. Take this pill, you'll lose forty-five pounds. You, mm-hmm. you know, if you have this car, you will be happy. If you, you know, wear right. this outfit, everyone will be your friend. Well, that's what our culture does, and we all watch the commercials and we're like, "That's a lie," but <laughs> yet we still buy the thing. Right. But in, that's crept into the church where we have done a lot of superlative action in the church where we, we use the greatest and the best and all this other stuff. And the reality is, is it, it, it isn't always that way. And so right. I think that we have to over-deliver. And that comes back to some discipline, you know, mm-hmm. some self-discipline For of sure. doing our very, very best at getting people in the best group we possibly can and to make sure that our leaders are as greatly equipped as humanly possible. You know, we have to make sure that um, our our time – and this actually – you said we're kind of running out of time. This merges right into that fifth thing, which is managing and prioritizing yes. our time, <laughs> is that priority number one – for us as a, a group leader or director, a group pastor or group director, is our leaders. Our priority has to be giving our leaders the very, very best we can give them, Is uh, which means giving them what we have, our time, our yes. efforts, our energies, our prayers, that we're um, making time for them and we're interacting with them and we are doing everything we possibly can for them so that they, we set them up as successful leaders and follow up with them. And so... You know, managing and prioritizing my time, the way it has worked for me often, is uh, very simple. I've actually just used a a simple Excel document to track leaders. Mm -hmm. So I I write uh, every doc gets a – every leader gets their own doc, and then I have a plan. I try to communicate with those leaders at least – two times a month, if not three times a month. And one of those times, my goal is face-to-face because you're always going to have a, a sure. more rich, rich right. interaction. And so um, managing and prioritizing my time means putting my leaders at the very, very top. And you mentioned it earlier, too, is, a, you know, is showing up to work, being there. <laughs> if they give you a cubicle, work from the cubicle. Even if Panera Bread is more delightful, <laughs> work from the cubicle. Manage your time well. You know, one of the managing time well pieces I learned um, kind of on the job was that I'm in a larger church and it's hard to get FaceTime with leaders um, necessarily. And I worked part-time for a long time. And so my time really was compressed and I had to figure out what's the most important thing that only I can do that I need to be doing. And the leader care is a huge piece of that. Um, so I started being uh, taking time on Sunday and making sure I came before services, between services, after services. And I just drove separately with my husband and just made that my work time. Um, and mm-hmm. no one asked me to do this. This was because I realized that FaceTime, even if it's only, it's so interesting, even if it's only just five minute hello, hug, 
like, how are you? We don't even have to even talk about group. But they just felt more connected yes. just because they saw me. And if we got a chance to say, hey, you know, what happened in your group last week? Was there? And then they'll that gives them an opportunity to share a story, which then I can collect. Um, yep. But they or you know, sometimes it would be their faces would be kind of drawn or they, something's going on, and I could just pray for them in the lobby on the spot. Um, and there was just such simple five minute things that had such value, and I didn't understand that for a long time. And it, so I, once I built that into my schedule, then I didn't resent that, oh, I'm not around for, you know, this whole longer chunk on a Sunday morning or whatever. But, um, it, that was like multiplied time for me that I would have Absolutely. to chase down through texting, emailing, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And it would have been such a headache. And here, so I just scanned the lobby for any leaders I see and try to at least have, share a greeting and kind of let them know that, that we notice. That, that is so simple. Uh, my friend Keith, he, he sets up his Sundays because his, his church has services on Saturday and Sunday, and he worships at one of the services with mm-hmm. his family. And then the rest of them, he blocks out and says, hey, small group leader. He just sends it out to his group leaders. I'm available. I'd love yes. to meet you at the cafe. And so he actually creates it's like uh, office hours. space. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then he can rotate them in. They, people could sign up for 30-minute shifts if they want. That's and he sits idea. down and has a face-to-face. Uh, another uh, good use of technology, my friend Steve uh, in um, in Mississippi, they have technology in Mississippi, <laughs> and he uses it. So he does an evening thing from time to time where he does a, a go to meeting, and he invites his leaders to come to a go to meeting thing at at uh, like eight That's o'clock fabulous. at night. But he does it at eight at night because he says because they yeah, have a lot of young home, families. Yeah. He's like, you're home. You can put your kids to bed if they're little. Yeah. They're probably in bed by then. You can put your pajamas on if you want. You don't even have to let us see you. And, and uh, he is there, and then they can interact. They can ask questions. They can have conversations. I love and pe- people can interact, and that's a good use of technology. It's very simple and very accessible. Right. But if we think about how to manage our time, it's, it is priority number one is yes. our, our biggest priority is our leaders. And so making that uh, available. And then manage our, t- our time well also is back to that first thing we talked about is in conversation with your senior pastor, your senior leader, being clear, hey, this is what is expected of me. I know what's expected mm-hmm. of me. I'm going to actually, if they say I'd like this report, I'm going to do everything I can to get them this report. If they want, if there's a project that they need assistance with, I'm going to do everything I can to deliver well on that project. If there's a new ministry that I've been tasked with helping start, I'm going to do everything I can to help start that. Now, those are very simple, but um, sometimes in small group land, we become philosophers of small group. Right. But we're not we're not paid to be philosophers of small groups. Uh, you know, right. uh, we're paid to actually execute well on the ministry. And so, uh, when you're when you're arranging your schedule, a key piece is just knowing, hey, I want to keep as they as they often say, keep the main thing, the main thing. Yes. And so I'm going to focus on that main thing. So those are some of those sticky issues that yeah. every point leader has to wrestle with, and I hope I hope they were helpful. Oh, super, yes, very much so. In fact, I picked up, picked up a couple ideas, new ideas uh, myself. And Bill, um, thank you so much for being such a friend of the Small Group Network. Um, I see you on our Facebook page quite often, um, dialoguing, giving, you know, asking questions, giving responses. So, uh, for you listeners, if you want to engage with Bill, he's on um, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that. But he also is on our Facebook page, um, and you can ask him questions. You can maybe there's other sticky issues that we didn't address, and you would like to get 
his um, his feedback on that um, and his experience on that. So feel free to to uh, reach out to him that way. Um, and I did want to mention your book um, again. And this is really totally unsolicited because you have mm. not asked me to do this. This is completely unsolicited plug for the book. Um, I read a lot of small group books. I just read a lot in general. I'm kind of a nerd. So, mm-hmm. um, but what I really liked about the Essential Guide for Small Group Leaders, um, and because it's put out by smallgroups.com, our friends out over there, um, it's so practical. And a lot of times when I look at, you know, what book do I want to give to small group leaders, um, tend to be maybe a little too much philosophical. It doesn't necessarily always line up uh, culture-wise with our church. Um, and yeah. I don't want them to go get other ideas and try something else and make my life more complicated. Um, so it's, I'm always kind of on the lookout for what would be helpful to them in a practical way across the board to our young adult groups, to our women's, men's, without that being a factor. Um, what are just some basic things? And so this group is organ, this book is organized with uh, bullet points, page by page, with uh, very simple, to follow, as you've heard, caught from Bill, um, he's very practical, down to earth, and that's kind of the, the tone that's written. And it's like hanging out with a Bill, sitting with him at Starbucks, and going, "Okay, Bill, what do I do about? How do I keep? Here's a chapter. How do I keep my spiritual battery charged? How do mm-hmm. I keep people out of my group? I mean, these are kind of where, yeah, absolutely. where it lands. No. So, so I recommend well, you. And there, there. Well, thank you. Yeah, so you can get those um, anywhere. But the, it's I would highly recommend the book. And Bill, if you have any final words you'd like to say, I'm giving you one minute. <laughs> All right. Well, the best I've got is just keep your eyes on Jesus. There's no no yes. triteness to that. No cliche to that. You know, he is the author and perfecter of our faith, and we do this for him. And this is why we gather together. He is, he even said, you know, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. And so the the sacred space shifted from the temple in Jerusalem to the small group in your family room. And if you let that sink in, Mm -hmm. that is sacred space. That is something beautiful. When you call a meeting to order, you are creating an environment and God shows up in a unique way. And if you've led a group, you know that's true. Yes. You, you, you've looked at it and gone, mm-hmm. how did that happen? That's amazing. And so just enjoy that. Uh, revel in that. But keep your eyes on the one, on him. That's oh, the best amen. I got, Carolyn. Amen. Because I think we can always overpromise Jesus. <laughs> he will always deliver. Yeah. So that's one we don't have yes. to worry about. So absolutely. Indeed. Thank you for that, that word. Um, thank you so much, Bill, for your time and your ministry. God bless you. And much success as you work on your book number three. Hey, thanks, Carolyn. It's been a joy being with y'all. Thank you. Um, All right. Well, and thank you, listeners, for listening today um, to Group Talk. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a positive rating on iTunes, which would help other small group uh, ministry point leaders find us. And so we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes so you can get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor, please rate the podcast and leave comments so other small group ministry leaders can easily find us. To connect with a small group network huddle in your local area, read our blog, join us on Facebook, or access additional resources. Visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com. Remember to use the hashtag when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.